What's up, guys, and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast. This is your host, the Big Brother Pharaoh, the Social Strategy Pharaoh, whatever you would like to call me. On this podcast, we will be talking about all things social strategy, all things survivor, all things Big Brother, maybe even the circle, maybe even the challenge, whatever it may be is what we're going to be talking about. I am a huge fan of the concept of social strategy and of the concept of strategic uh, gameplay, social gameplay, things like Big Brother and Survivor are my life. These are things I love. I love analyzing it and looking at it. So that's why I decided to make this podcast. If those are things that you're interested in, then you're in the right motherfucking place. Period. I'm not supposed to be cursing anymore, but look, babe, look, stuff happens. Anyways, let me just tell you guys a little bit about myself. I am actually, let me not tell you too much about myself. All you need to know is that I like social strategy, period. Um, that's really all you need to know. That's really all that matters. Where we get into the D. That's really all that matters. Anyways, so today I want to start off this podcast, um, talking about our favorite all-star season, Big Brother 22. Now, now, hear me out. I know there's not much to say (laughs) about it, but I did find... It interesting how it ended up playing out that season. Now, obviously, if you haven't seen Big Brother 22, listening to this podcast, watching this video isn't going to be the most efficient thing for you to do. It's not really going to make much sense because, babe, um, that's what I'm going to be talking about. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be talking about the season. There's going to be spoilers and spoilers in this podcast about the season. By the way, this is a podcast and a video. If you don't like just listening and you want to see my face, my beautiful, wonderful, nice face, you can go to YouTube and check me out at the Social Strategy Pharaoh, or you can just listen to this podcast. It's probably going to be on Apple Music, and it's probably going to be on Spotify. Anyways, back to the sentence. Um, I know Big Brother 22, there isn't much to talk about, but what I do find interesting is the way the season played out and how it ended up happening so... Como City say blandly, how things ended up occurring so blandly. Um, I find that interesting in some type of way. Let me elaborate. Um, I feel like there's a lot of factors that went into how exactly the season could have went so point blank, boom, 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 to the end with an entire alliance. This has not happened ever. Where the entire original alliance made it to the top seven. I know Enzo wasn't in it, but he was. Let's be, let's be honest. This has not happened. Even with, um, the bomb squad, um, the bomb squad was the original alliance. The bomb squad was the original alliance. There were so many factors that went into that. Other people had to go before then. They, this, that, and the third. That was a different scenario. It's kind of similar. Oh, and, and with, um, the brigade, um, Matt, was defactored. Matt was eliminated before they got to the end. They went to the end with Miss Brittany. It just never happened to where it was the entire situation. And then a six-person alliance. It's a lot that was going on. You know what I'm saying? So it's interesting, and I just wanted to get into that a little bit. This isn't going to be like one of those podcasts where everything's going to be uh, 
very meticulous and very by the book. And, oh, my God, this is the point. This is the point. This is the point. And then this is exactly why. And I did all of my research. No, girl, I'm just talking. We're just having a conversation. We're just having fun. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm about to explain to you is kind of my theory, kind of my thoughts about why this exactly happened. Obviously, I'm going to use some evidence and some credible, you know, obviously some some commentary about why this occurred. But in general, it's just my thoughts, my opinions. If you disagree, if you have any other thoughts, I love having discussions. I love having conversations. You can talk to me about it. You could be like, girl, what are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? But let's get into it. First of all, I have to preface this, preface this with saying, I do not agree with the fact that the cast was the downfall of this season. I don't necessarily believe that. I would be one of the people who might even say that this was a better cast than the original All-Stars cast. Please don't shoot me. But I might even say that. My point is, I don't think it's the cast in itself that messed up the season. Just the the casting. I don't think that's what necessarily messed up the season. It's more so the the character of the cast members or, or who they are as players, who they are as people. I don't think casting did a bad job. I think casting did a great job. They got people like Keisha, even though she was a replacement, Memphis, even though he was a replacement. They got big names like Tyler and Cody. They got, mm, quotations, diversity, by bringing someone like Bailey and Devon. It wasn't really normal, but you know what I'm saying. They got Kaser. They got Janelle. They got old school players. They got Kevin. It's not that they did a bad job casting. It's just that the way that the cast ended up being as players affected it is what my theory is. Let me dive more into it. But before we even get into the season, we have to talk about what led up to Big Brother 22. What led up to this all-star season in the first place? Um, so when we go back a few seasons to this, I guess, era of Big Brother, um, I say this era of Big Brother started with Big Brother 16. When they started at, uh, having bigger casts and when they started having more of these bigger twists, you would have, you would say, is at Big Brother 16. That was the first time they had 16 plays. I don't know if they did in Big, Big B15. Maybe the second time. Oh, well, they did in BB14 too. That's not the point. This was like one of the first times one of the first seasons with a big 16-player cast. And then they had this big twist, Battle of the Block. So with this big twist and with this big cast, the strategy of big alliances with smaller alliances inside of that big alliance came to be. And we realized that this is the optimal strategy. And what usually happens is, is when Big Brother introduces a, a new era of their show, whether it's a cast change or a type of... Um, twist change, people tend to, players tend to realize the optimal strategy very early on. And that's what happened in this case, when Derek knew exactly what needed to be done to be successful in this type of cast and in this type of season, which was having a big alliance, but having smaller alliances inside of that big alliance. So, um, ever since Big Brother 16, that has been the strategy to do. It happened in Big Brother 17 with Vanessa and her alliance. It happened in Big Brother 18 with the Returnees alliance, even though that one was a little sloppy. It happened in Big Brother 19 with Paul. Ugh. It happened in Big Brother 20, but Big Brother 20 was a little different because there was two sides, which is, I feel like, is the best type of Big Brother season, but we're not going to talk about it. Um, 
It just kept it happened in Big Brother 21 and it happened in Big Brother 22. This was the optimal strategy. This is the way to win Big Brother. It's to be in that alliance and to be the most well-centered in that alliance with your own mini alliances inside of it. Right? So, um, so from 16 all the way to 22, that was the strategy to beat and that was the strategy to be in. That was how you win the season. Um, so, therefore, going into Big Brother 22, if you're an all-star and you're about to play this game, in your mind, you should be thinking the optimal way to win this game is to be in that big alliance and is to be in the most well-positioned in that big alliance. Um, and now we're getting into the actual season and what occurred. Um, earlier when I was saying I feel like it's the character of the players and how they played the game is what made it bad, this is why. It's because these players went into the season knowing exactly what to do. All of these players, almost all of these players, knew exactly what they needed to do in order to be successful, which was get into that big alliance and be well-positioned into that big alliance. Therefore, going into the season, everyone is already intentionally trying to be in that position, right? Now, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Before we start the season, before we get into Big Brother 22, this is what happens with an all-stars game or an all-returnee season or even some returnee seasons, um, half-returnees, whatever it may be, of these strategy games. What happens is is there's pre-gaming. If you don't know what pre-gaming is, it is the idea that before we actually get into the game, we're trying to gain social capital with people who we think will also be in the game. Let's say before BB-18, Nicole and Davon may have thought, hmm, maybe Nicole or Davon is going to be in this game. We're going to talk to each other and be like, hi, you finna play this game? And then they're going to be like, yeah. And they're going to be like, look, we got each other back. That's pre-gaming. That's before I get into the season, I already want to make bonds and connections with people so that I can be set up well once I actually play the season. This is what smart players do. This is what most of the people in this All-Star seasons probably did. They probably reached out to someone else and tried to create a bond with them before getting into the game so that they could be well positioned, so that they could win the game. Um, this is an important part of this conversation of why the season went the way it is. Because since a lot of these people were probably pre-gaming and probably made deals before the game, it inclined them all to work with each other because they had already spoken to each other about working with each other. And if someone like maybe Cody um, did well pre-gaming, then everyone is going to want to be centered around that person. Um, therefore, everyone's going to be aiding to a big alliance with this person in it, someone who may have done very well pre-gaming, for example. So, when you get into the actual season, when you get into the actual Big Brother 22, Big Brother All-Stars 2 season, here we go. We enter the house, and we see the cast, and the cast sees each other, and everyone sees each other. And there's people who know each other, there's people who have history, there's people who don't know if they can trust somebody. And there's people who don't know each other, but they may have talked in the pregame. So, considering all these factors, everyone is there, 
to play smart and to play well. These are elite players. These were all-stars. Whether you liked how the season went or not, these were smart players. Everyone knew exactly what they were doing. So everyone knew that at the beginning of the game, you lay low. At the beginning of the game, you lay low and you try to sneak your way into an alliance. Since everyone knew that, that's what everyone was doing. That's why within the first couple of days, the Slick Six was formed and the committee was formed. The Slick Six, the people in that alliance, Danny, Cody, Enzo, Tyler, Devon, Bailey, they all knew that in their mind, they needed to be in the biggest alliance and they needed to be in it fast. That's why they formed the Slick Six. Memphis also knew exactly what he needed to do, which is why he formed the committee. So these two big alliances that were made, um, both kind of really centered around Cody. Um, he was really the main glue to both of those alliances. Both formed knowing that they needed to be formed in order to make it to the end of the game. So since everyone knows what to do, everyone knows the blueprint of the game. So people are, are trying to execute this blueprint, right? So these two big alliances that were made, the, the issue with both of them being formed is that at that point, all it really is is which one of those alliances is going to win the competitions. Big Brother has become so competition-based that when you make the big alliance, as long as your big alliance is the one that's winning the competitions, you're the one that's going to succeed, right? So I think it doesn't matter... All that mattered was which alliance was going to win the comps. Had Bailey and Davon started winning those comps, then that alliance probably would have succeeded, the Slick Six. But since it was the other way around, and the committee, Memphis, and Christmas were winning those early competitions, then it ended up being that the committee was the one, you know, that prevailed. Um, basically, going into the season, you have these two alliances, you have these two big alliances, and one of them was the one that was winning the competitions. So that became the alliance to beat. That became the, the optimal, optimal alliance. The committee became the optimal alliance. It became the alliance that was dominating the season. The best plan for the people not in that alliance is to perform, is to form a coalition against it. The issue with that is if you're playing the best game or a smart game, then you know that you need to be in the big alliance. You don't need to be against the big alliance. So what I'm trying to say is, is that the smartest thing in their minds, in the players' minds to do is to be in that big alliance. Now, if people like Bailey and Davon think they're in the big alliance or think they're closely connect connected to it, they have very little uh, motivation to just actively go against it. It really hinders... People like Janelle and Keisha, people in the minority, because since Bailey and Davon were playing well and they knew they needed to be in that big alliance, they now think that they are or that they are close to it. So therefore, it gives them no incentive to be against it. Does that make sense? Basically, what I'm saying is, is that since people were playing well, um, the people who weren't playing well are now even more in trouble. And that's what created this big dynamic of it seems like everyone's helping this big alliance. And it seems like such a separation between the people who are in this big alliance and associated with it versus the people who aren't in it. Janelle, Kaysha, Kevin, David, really. Um, because 
most of the people in the season knew they needed to be in it or needed to be associated with it. So that just was the start of the downfall of the season. So a lot of people wanted to blame Bailey and Devon for not wanting to be against the big alliance. But I feel like a lot of people didn't know that Bailey and Devon kind of thought they were in the big alliance. They were in the Slick Six. A lot of the members in the Slick Six, every member in the Slick Six but them, were in the committee. So therefore, it kind of seemed like Bailey and Devon were in the big alliance in their minds. They had no incentive to go against them because all that does is put them even further at the bottom. Now they had no chance. Even though they started becoming aware that there was something else going on, there was no reason for them. If you're playing at the optimal level of Big Brother, there's no reason to go against it. I think Big Brother has just came to be a situation where it's almost smarter to be in a bad position within an alliance than to be against that alliance. And that's just the way that Big Brother has started to become because people have started to learn how to control the game. That's why Big Brother needs to have more diversity. Big Brother needs to have more inclusivity. Because if that's the case, then it'll be harder for people to just bond and stick together. I hate to say it, but everyone in the committee was white. It was easy for them to relate to each other, to become close, to become friends, to stick together. Also, they're smart players, so that also helped. But when there's diversity in the season, um, it creates more of a split in the season. It creates more of a split house. It creates more of a... More of the lines get blurred when there's a lot of diversity. Because if there were more diversity in the All-Star season then there would probably be more people like willing or not willing to stay with the committee because they just can't relate to the people in the committee. There was just so much diversity that um, I would rather work with Bailey and Devon. I would rather work with Janelle and Kayser because there was so much diversity. Since there was a lack of diversity, it was just easy for the people in the committee to stick together. They're, they're the people they related to the most anyway. No one outside of the committee did the people in the committee relate to more so. You know, it wasn't really much of a an issue, right? And the whole point of Big Brother is for it to be an issue. It's for it to be hard for people to not work with certain people or hard for people to work with certain people. It shouldn't be easy for people to stick together. It should be hard for people to stick together all the way to the end. It should have been tearing the committee apart to stick together. I'm not saying they were just solid and so good and there was no turmoil and there was no angry but there were a lot of the times where someone like Danny she didn't trust Tyler but there were so many times where she was like mm, but Tyler is just so cool I just relate to Tyler so much Tyler reminds me of all my all my friends Tyler reminds me of my husband Tyler reminds me of this this and this and situations like that kept them together but if Tyler was someone more like a swaggy I'm not saying Danny doesn't know anyone like swaggy but I'm just saying that if there was more diversity and Tyler was a swaggy, it might be like, it might have been. I'm not saying it would have been, but it could have been that Danny didn't trust swaggy quotations. And she was like, I mean, I can't even relate to him anyways. You know, I don't trust him and I can't really relate to him. So, I mean, what's my point of being here? Or vice versa, where if Tyler was, if Tyler didn't trust Danny, which he didn't, it could have been like, 
I can't even relate to Danny anyways. But since Tyler and Danny could relate to each other, since Tyler and Danny could be friends, they had so much stuff in common, it was hard for them to not trust each other and actually act on that lack of trust early on because they could relate. They could get along. They were getting along well. They were relating well. There were so many times where they didn't even know if they didn't trust each other or they did because they could relate. And that's why diversity is important. If Tyler was just older, if Tyler was an older man, if he was 56 years old, it would be harder for Danny to relate to him. And then therefore, maybe she could have been like, "Mm, he can go. Um, This isn't like a set in stone example. This isn't the best example, but I'm just giving an example of how if there was more diversity in this situation, if there was more inclusion in Big Brother, the way Big Brother wants Big Brother to happen, where there's more power shifts and there's more back doors and betrayals, it would happen if there were less people relating to each other. There's so many people who we all relate to each other. We're all young. We're all in our, you know, young, youthful years. We all can relate to each other. A lot of us are white. A lot of us experience the same things growing up. It's easy to relate. Therefore, it's easy to just stick with each other. So, I mean, there's a lot more I can say about this. But I just wanted this to be a cute and short video. Overall, podcast, whatever. Overall... What I'm saying is, is that I feel like the downfall of Big Brother 22 was truly just because the players knew how to play well. Most of the players knew what they were doing, so they knew the best thing to do was to stay together or to stay towards the big alliance and to aid the big alliance because you wanted to be in it. You needed to be in it to win the game. The way Big Brother has moved in the past couple of years, it's proof that being in the big alliance is your best shot at winning. Um, and on top of that, the lack of inclusivity, the lack of diversity made it easy for the big alliance that ended up prevailing to stay together because they all related to each other. Anyways, the heavy physical competitions helped aid the big alliance because it was full of people who were good at those big competitions. It just all mixed together. But I do want to reiterate, I don't think it was the cast. I don't think it was the fact that Christmas was cast. Do I like that Christmas was cast? No. But I don't think that's the reason it sucked. I think it's because Christmas is a good player. I think it's because Kevin is a good player. Because Bailey is a good player. Because these people are good players, that's what happened. Not because they were bad casting. It is what it is. Now, that's my spiel. I would love to hear some disagreements. I would love to debate about this topic. I would love to hear hear if you do agree. If you want to talk to me, you can at me on Twitter at BBFarrow and you can slay my mentions. You can slay my mentions. You can sit there and be like, what the heck are you talking about? You freaking loser. Or whatever. There you go. Follow me. At BBFarrow. And go ahead and subscribe. If you just sat here and listened to this, go ahead and subscribe. If you just sat here and watched this on YouTube and looked at my beautiful chocolate melanin face, go ahead and subscribe. What are you doing, dog? There you go. If you like this video, like this video. I don't know if you can like on podcast. Can you like podcasts? Whatever. Um, do that. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time. Deuces.